The Start On Demand. On demand. What makes a city a big city? Mayor Brian Bowman delivers his State of the City address today, so we had a chat about what can Winnipeg do better if it wants to call itself a big city. We'll meet two Winnipeg entrepreneurs who won the lottery, so to speak, when their product got selected to be in the Super Bowl swag bag. Emotional support pets could be banned from American Airlines because some passengers are abusing the system. What are the rules around these animals, and where do you draw the line on what kind of animal? Emotional support tarantula, anyone? And we'll discuss the Dolly Parton Challenge and how we like to think we're always the same person, but we're really not. I'm Brett McGarry, alongside Greg Mackling and Loren McNabb. We are Mackling, McGarry and McNabb, and this is the Friday, January 24th podcast for The Start. What's going on with the mayor, McNabb? Well, later today, he's doing his annual, or what is the annual State of the City address by any Winnipeg mayor? That's happening over the noon hour with the Chamber of Commerce, the Winnipeg Chamber of Commerce. And one thing that often comes out of these speeches, it's sort of a chance for them to, obviously, they're making pitches to the business community. The premier does one every year as well. Uh, but often we hear a vision or an idea that they'd like to see come for Winnipeg. And it always includes this idea, particularly from Mayor Bar- Brian Bowman in recent years, that we're a big city now. Winnipeg is a big city now. And what should our big city dreams look like? And that always raises the question, are we really, you know, on a national stage, are we really a big city? Is it what we'd like to be or what we wish we would be or we'd hope to be? Or what are the things that are still missing in Winnipeg that would put us on that stage and, and allow us to be compared or, or similarly compared to the Torontos, Montreals, Vancouver's, Calgary's. Is it, is it really about population or is it about mindset and pieces of infrastructure like, I don't know, a better transit system or whatever that would create what would feel like a we're on we're on the big stage. We're spending too much time together because that would be at the top of my list <laughs> in terms of declaring yourself a big city would be a much better, dramatically better transit system with all due respect to what we have now. Uh, Calgary opened their sea train, I think it was in 1982, 1983, when Calgary and Winnipeg were essentially the same size, but they had a vision for being b- bigger and better than they were. They had the Olympics coming in 1988, so that was a little bit of a kickstart and a reason for them to put something like that in place. But I think until you have, and it doesn't necessarily have to be LRT, but until you have have that high frequency transit where people, uh, this is an earmark of the transit system. I think it was a mayor of one of the largest cities in Brazil who said, your transit system is going to be effective when people who take transit do so because they want to, not because they have to. And that is very much uh, uh, my own interpretation of that. But that was the essence of what was said. And we are nowhere near that. Right now, there are some people who take it because it's more convenient, but there's nobody going out of their way to take transit for the most part. Or when you land in a city, I don't know about you guys, but when I go there, I often take a train from the airport to wherever it is I'm going. I'm not I'm I'm relying on a transit system, not a taxi or a friend to pick you up. And so that's sort of the bigger equation, too. If you land in Winnipeg as a tourist or a business person and you're looking around to say, I need to get to my downtown hotel. The shuttle, if there's no airport shuttle, what do you got? There's no big picture message there saying. Well, there is a bus. No, I know there's a but bus. That's the number 15 bus. No, I know there's a bus. It takes you, you know, you have to transfer three times to get to downtown. <laughs> I'm, and of course, exaggerating, but. 
And we love sharing great stories of local entrepreneurs, Greg. And right now, we've got a really cool story. This is super fabulous. And uh, shout out to our friends at the Winnipeg Free Press who uh, highlighted this first, uh, I guess it was a couple of days ago. Local entrepreneurs snag coveted spot for their reusable cutlery in Super Bowl swag bags, and this is a swag bag and a half, Mm -hmm. I would have to say. We've had the odd swag bag over the years. I don't think we've had one worth $20,000. Yeah, ours are t-shirts and mugs. Grateful for those, but I don't think they're $20,000 t-shirt and mugs. We're here to tell you at least, well, why don't we say Nikki and Jamie Buchanan are here to tell us about I Reuse 2. It's this amazing cutlery kit, and you know what? I'm not the pitch guy. I've been the pitch guy before. Nikki, why don't we give you the uh, floor and tell us what is I reuse too? Sure. We are an luxury, eco-sustainable, on-the-go cutlery brand. So what that just means is we're trying to cut out all that plastic waste and we want everybody to carry a set with them. So we put it in your car, put it in your desk, put it in your travel bag, make sure it's your checked travel bag. And, yeah, just have it with you at all times. You come by this honestly. You had years in the restaurant business seeing sort of the waste of of the plastics that we talk about to this day, Nikki. Yeah, there's a lot of waste. And it's not – it's just a mindset, right? So it's about choices. And our customers actually needing that plastic waste, the napkins, the single-use bottles, the single-use cutlery – you know, we can change that, and it's one meal at a time. So if we have an option, which we're giving people the option, and it's a luxury option, it's not just like a child size. It's a full grown-up, nice weight, good quality, stainless steel, dishwasher safe. We want people to use it and actually function with it every day. So I'm going to put on my Kevin O'Leary uh I don't think he wears hats. Uh, (laughs) He should wear a hat, but that's a whole other conversation. And I'm going to ask you, you know, uh, Nikki, I have lots of cutlery at home, and I have the odd uh, Tupperware container. What's stopping me from just putting Tupperware container full of my own cutlery into my briefcase and walking around with that? Well, there's two answers to that question. One, your wife's going to get really, really mad at you when you lose her spoons and she has a yes, weird set. Yes, and it set. is spoons. Why is that? Thank <laughs> you just for saying that. Really? I yeah. don't know why, yeah. but it's true. It's 100% the spoons. And also, when you're using it on the go, out in public, people are going to notice it because it's hot. It's really cool. And then they're going to go, hey, what is that? And it's going to spark a movement and everybody's going to want to get it too. So part of it being so flashy, sorry, Brett, is just this idea that people are going to pay attention and it's going to be a conversation starter. Yeah. Yeah. I love these colors. I've got the ones that are, that kind of lean, they're they're iridescent. Yes, they're iridescent. So nice. But uh, this one's leaning more towards purple. I actually have cutlery like this, but (laughs) but it's cheap. Mm Kind of, it was just something I saw in a store and thought... I'm a 42-year-old man. I'm going to get purple cutlery. <laughs> but uh, I love this. So, yeah, I, I would like to get myself a set. So when people see the colors, is that mm. the reaction you typically get? As soon as they we pull them out, instant reaction is, hey, what is that? Like, where did, what, like where'd you get that? Very, very interested. So it makes me super happy because it feels like people are paying attention and it gives you the choice 
to make a better choice in life, you know, get rid of that plastic. And well, you- I, and I, sorry, Lorena, I, I'm just Greg's cleaning the straw right now <laughs> with this handy brush. I love that there's a straw as well because yeah. I, as much as I am in support of the paper straws. Yeah, they're terrible. I, yes, <laughs> they are. They are terrible. Yeah. It's true. And you talk about the waste that goes on out there yes. too. Like think about, it's not just what I eat at work. I have the luxury of going to, we have a little kitchen. I can grab a fork right. and knife from there. You send your kids off to school. Yeah. And when you mentioned spoons, I was instantly enraged because we have, we're down to two out of 12 spoons, I think, in yes. our house because they get sent with the kids' yogurt. Yep. And I'm like, are we sending our like, good cutlery to the yeah. school? That's not coming home. Yeah, exactly. Well, I don't want to be sending plastic spoons either, no. right? Actually, we did a show with uh, Cottage Life and Makeful in Ontario, and a lot of the Ontario-based schools are banning plastics right off the hop wow. right now. So they're not even allowed to bring it into the school. So a lot of uh, households have adopted this already in Ontario. So I think we can do it here in Manitoba too. Yeah, I'm just really taken aback at how beautiful the cutlery is because I like nice cutlery. I worked at Earl's for years Mm -hmm. and that was a big part of the experience of eating at Earl's and at the same time I also know just about every third person in Winnipeg has an Earl's piece of cutlery or or many in their collection, right? So, Or, yeah, don't even get me started on the glasses. I used to have to count those every Sunday night. I've got one from Montana's. (laughs) True confessions. And all of our cutlery is branded as well. So people are going to notice it, but they're also going to notice the name and then they're going to say, hey, that's awesome. I reuse too. So the so the, the product itself is, is actually part of the marketing yes. versus just a separate marketing campaign. Correct. That it, it, it's uh, really in, in, ingenious in that way, Thank I would you. say. So how do you end up at the Super Bowl? And I noticed your <laughs> husband who's leaning as far away back from the mic as possible. I don't, I don't know if that's the signal to leave him out of this. He's wearing a Vikings shirt, so he's yes. obviously an NFL fan. Yeah. How, do you, feel that one? how do you end up at the Super Bowl? Not you personally, I guess, but not even your team well, either. When, when Nikki started this company, um, when Nikki started this company, she... Uh, she started doing uh, influencer marketing. So she was uh, on Instagram a lot, and uh, she was following some people from before. Like, we recently retired from the restaurant business, and she was following some people before because we were considering RVing. And uh, she was following this chef that was in California, and uh, she did a collab with another girl that was in another RV, and uh, that girl... That girl, um, we sent her sets, and uh, those sets went out, and it didn't really do anything. But then the chef contacted Nikki and said, hey, I'd like to collab with you. I'd like to do something with you, right? So when she did that collaboration with her, uh, one of that person's followers uh, in Florida bought a set, and when they bought a set, they hosted a party, and the person who did the Super Bowl swag bag happened to be at that party, loved the sets, and then wanted us to be a part of it. And they call up and say, we want your stuff in the Super Bowl bag? Yeah, they emailed us um, that as soon as they like could get it. And, and did you think you were being scammed or some sort of joke going I, on? At first, we were very concerned. We we're like, oh, like we're new to this company. I mean, but we've been in business for long enough. We met her make sure like we're good. <laughs> and so we made sure that it was a legit company. And yeah, it's amazing. And so we actually have um, the initial proposition was just to send the sets to uh, get placed in the bags. And I asked if we could attend the event as well. And they said, yeah, no problem. So we are going to go to Miami and actually hand out the sets to the players 
and the celebrities in person to represent our brand. I just thought it was a better opportunity and more trustworthy as well. <laughs> and on, let's be honest, a little bit more fun too. I mean, a hundred percent. I just hope I can be cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you'll have no problem on the cool front. Now, we were speaking before we came on air, and your original plan was to drive down yes. to Miami, but there's a little bit of a fly in the ointment. Do you yep. want to share with us what that fly is? So, um, because of all the publicity of the Super Bowl event and the press, we've been onslaughted with orders. So, we have to probably fly <laughs> just to make sure that we're back in time. We're not gone for very long so that our orders do get out and in a perfect time. And based on our old restaurant experience, we're uh, very, very fast delivery people. <laughs> that's not a fly in the ointment. That's a that's huh? cash in the ointment. Oh, 100%. Is it not? This is a great thing. There are worse problems to have. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's kind of the point, but yeah. I, I wanted you to lead us there. So what does this look like now? If you end up flying, is it uh, kind of go and come back in 48 hours sort of thing? And Well, we'll probably drive to Mini and then fly from Mini and then fly home and drive back home. Um, because uh, I can't fly just from the Winnipeg airport. It's not a commercial goods type of port. So we will still have to drive a little bit, but that's okay. <laughs> we love minis. So. How many sets are you taking? And then clearly this is at your own cost yes. for you to bring these. Yes. It's not like somebody's writing no. you a check for the set. So so this is an investment Correct. on your part and yes. clearly a belief in the product yes. is in place for you. How many of these do you have to take with you? We're taking um, a hundred of the uh, gorgeous gold sets and I think it's, a perfect color for the celebrities. They're fancy. Let's be fancy. <laughs> so today is the HSC Foundation Hope to Life Radiothon. Did I hear you talking about that out there with Monique? Yes, we were talking to Monique in the waiting room, and uh, we're going to do a little donation. I'm not sure how we're going to do it, but we're going to get together, and we're going to give a donation of some sort to the foundation. I had joked to Monique that you don't want to be in the same room with her because she will <laughs> she will sell and try to get you on it. I think it's great that in, in the hallway, you know, yeah. as you're here to sell your product, you, you get sold on something else, it was right? It's great. Yeah, she's really nice. Yeah, we're going to do a collab with her later on as well. Yeah, it's just amazing when you have to consider all the things that happen to happen yes. in order for this to come to fru mm -hmm. fruition. And then... Do you jump all over it yes. and do you go, because there is an investment here. Yeah. Is it worth our time? Is it worth our money? We here were, you are, right? We were afraid. We were like, oh, is this going to be worth it? And you know what? Already it has been it, like 100%. And I'm so excited to represent Winnipeg and Canada, actually, um, in the States for the Super Bowl. It's just going to be an amazing event. The website is ireuse2, that's the number two, ireuse2.com. You can also follow them on social media at ireuse2. Nikki and Jamie, thank you so much for coming in. Congratulations, by the way. God, <laughs> this is you. cool. It's always thank nice you. to hear a local company get into the Super Bowl swag bag. Mackling McGarry McNabb, Jeff Braun is here, Jeff Fortier. You've maybe heard of by now on social media something called the Dolly Parton Challenge. What is the Dolly Parton Challenge, you say? What is this latest silly viral trend? Well, etcanada.com 
says that Dolly Parton created the latest viral sensation on social media by sharing an Instagram post earlier this week featuring four photos of her, one for each social media profile, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and Tinder. And it says, get you a woman who can do it all. So with the LinkedIn, she's wearing like a like a suit. Yeah, the Facebook picture, she's got a Christmas sweater on. Instagram is a picture of her sort of with her leg up, kind of leaning against the wall, and she's carrying, uh, holding a guitar. And then the Tinder picture is... Uh, did she? Did, she she was a in Playboy. Playboy? Yeah. yeah, nothing controversial. Just in a like a the bunny outfit. A bunny outfit. Yeah, but yeah. So it's four different images of Dolly, and uh, that's had all sorts of people doing their own little spoof. Would you call it, or trying to match her? Or... Oh yeah, having fun with it. Yeah. <laughs> Ellen DeGeneres getting in on the action. Terry Crews did one, and you can see it on the ET Canada uh, story here, where <laughs> Terry Crews. <laughs> All four pictures, he's got his shirt off. Yeah. Just uh, just his face. Ripped Terry Crews, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's what mine would be, too. <laughs> <laughs> so I, so I, did, I did it myself. Stole I had some fun idea. with it. You can see it at the 680CJOB Instagram story and read more about it here. But it triggered a conversation about the different personalities that we have to carry around with us every day. And I think we often make fun of the different personalities we see on social media. You might look at it and say, that's not your real life. Like, that's not who you are. But sometimes it's the picture you post for different things. Like my LinkedIn photo is a very serious photo from my anchor days. Does not match my family photo on Facebook. And why should it? You know, like it's not me pretending to be something else. I have a day job. Then I have a, I'm a mom. I'm a wife. Yeah. And so sometimes I think we mock people for these fake personas they put out. But you, Greg, you were pointing out, you, you got to be, you kind of got to be a chame- chameleon, chameleon, come come karma, karma, karma. But you have to change your face and your look all the time, depending yeah. on where you are. Well, it might be even within the context of what we do on the show at work. Depends on who the guest is, who you're dealing with inside our organization here. You're going to talk to... Loren, Brett, and I speak to each other differently than we speak to anybody else within the organization. Not necessarily dramatically, but there are. Uh, how many times do come... I say the mics aren't on right now, right? <laughs> <laughs> I've just insulted one of you in the worst possible way. Yeah. But that's just the social aspect of everyone's lives. You don't that's put on a three piece suit to have breakfast on Saturday morning, nor do you go to the grocery store in your pajamas and let one ripple and you're standing in line, right? <laughs> just, everyone modifies their behavior for whatever the context is. And even before social media, if you go into anyone's houses, look at the pictures on the wall, nobody sits with their family like they pose for a Sears portrait studio photo, right? <laughs> with matching sweaters while they all watch the TV together and smile. But why do I have a feeling that if you had four different profile photos, you would be wearing that same blue golf shirt in all of them? Yeah. You'd have like a... No, I don't wear a collared shirt outside of work. <laughs> <laughs> casual, Jeff, right? Yeah. <laughs> Somebody said to me yesterday, you must be exhausted doing all these different things and I hadn't really thought about it before it doesn't exhaust me it's just I think something all of us do yeah you don't you don't think about it you know it's like when I'm hanging out with my parents like I act one way and then I go hanging out with my friends and I act a totally different way but I don't think about it. it's just you know the 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 feeling that you get around people well and here's one that I that I'm just thinking of sometimes depending on who I'm with I would like to act one way, but I've I've grown accustomed, and my friends have, or whoever I'm with has have grown accustomed to me acting a different way, like a character almost. Yeah. So then I feel like if I alter my behavior, it might 
be taken in a in a bad context. Are you going to disrupt the karma of that group? Like you have a certain role within the context of that social setting. Yeah, like there, the, there's uh, my friends there, the, the Transcona Rum Council, as we call ourselves, or the the guys from the the golf tournament that I go to every year. There's like 14 of them, and there's a lot of sort of A type personalities, and and in order to break into the conversation, you basically have to scream your way in. Whoever yells loudest gets in. So I end up just kind of sitting in the corner saying almost nothing for the entire weekend. But I would like to say more. Uh, but I, I, at this point, I feel like trying to make that happen is just a lost cause. That and, they, make sense. and they'd be all like, who is this guy? Yeah, yeah. And, it, and they, it might be taken aggressively because when I do have to speak up, it tends to be very loud, and people aren't used to that. And then they think I'm mad because I always look angry. <laughs> RBF, resting yeah, breath face. That's right. So maybe that's something uh, that's part of this conversation but as well. I've always been a big believer that you should... I've always used the line that I, I want the person to be who they are to their mom as they would be to their kids, as they would be to their friends, as they would be to their husband. Like, you know, sometimes you go out and you, you'll be with a, a couple or someone you know, and you're like, that's not who you are. Or is that who you are? And the person you pretend to be all day is the fake. Like, sometimes you you see all these different sides of a person. And so I've always wanted to see that sort of authenticity. But we all have parts of us that don't play in every single circle. No? It would be impossible to be the same person in all situations. I think that's this idea of finding my authentic self. Superman can't even do it. That's true. There we go. (laughs) Superman. (laughs) You ever seen a... What did you say earlier, Greg? A peacock as an emotional support animal? Not with my own two eyes, but uh, on social media and mainstream media, this was one animal that was considered, by its owner at least, a a comfort while they were traveling. And now some new rules are in about mm, what actually qualifies as a emotional support animal. Well, it started off years ago that you were kind of surprised when you saw a dog on a plane, right? And then that became allowed in in certain circumstances, a small dog in a carrier bag, or they might be for a service animal, post-traumatic stress, those kinds of things. But the list of animals turned to pigs, turkeys, snakes in some respects. And so the United States has said it's going to put the leash on this long list of pets that have been cleared to fly on some U.S. airlines, cleared to fly under the the title of emotional support animals. And we know people carry dogs or cats for anxiety and PTSD, and that's important. But others have been accused of abusing this emotional support animal system. And as Michael Couture explains, that's why the U.S. says the practice might have to end real soon. Until now, they've been able to fly for free. But the U.S. Department of Transportation is proposing new restrictions on what type of animal air travelers can claim is a service or emotional support aid, thereby allowing the animal to travel inside the passenger cabin on the house. Airlines say it was getting a little out of control, with passengers going beyond dogs and cats, claiming their peacock, pig, and even a miniature horse was a service animal or emotional support. Our airplanes started to look like Noah's Ark. We had every kind of animal there could be, and we had every kind of safety and health issue because of it. But some air passengers' rights advocates say that's an exaggeration. The U.S. is suggesting only dogs trained to help someone with a disability will be considered a service animal, and they'll be allowed inside the cabin. The pendulum went too far. There was a legitimate concern that a few people 
maybe abusing the system. What I would have liked to see long ago is significant penalties for those who abuse the system. Now, Canada doesn't have regulations for service dogs yet. Those are coming into effect in June. Phase one will only cover service dogs that have been given special training. So until then, passengers have to follow the rules imposed by their airline. WestJet has an extensive list of support animals it bans for health and safety reasons, including hedgehogs and sugar gliders, which, if you're wondering, is a type of marsupial. As long as they're not like loud and like in the way of the flight attendants and the staff, I see nothing wrong with it. I mean, if you need the emotional support animal, you should have them there. That's why you have the animal. The Canadian Transportation Agency is asking Canadians to weigh in as it consults the public on phase two of the rules, which will include untrained emotional support animals other than dogs. Mike LeCouture, Global News, Ottawa. Text message from Kristen at 204-780-6868. You guys are brave to open this can of worms. Emotional support animals are being abused to the point where they are becoming a public health risk. One of the key differences on why they are not allowed to go places and service animals are is that public access training is a huge deal for service animals. With emotional service animals, all you need is a note from your doctor who will have never even seen the animal. I know veterinarians who have no ability to read animals, no idea how a physician can think they are qualified to say someone's pet won't chomp a kid when it is in a strange setting. It's it's a great point that she's making, and I know we've spoken to some folks in the past about this in Manitoba. So you heard Michael Couture saying that they're looking in Canada of creating regulations because there are none right now around these pets. And on one hand... That creates a problem for people who have legitimate service animals, dogs that have been legitimately trained through programs like St. John's Ambulance or other where they've gone through and had weeks of training to help people with epilepsy or visual impairments or all sorts of things that are getting people from point A to B, let alone PTSD and all the rest. And then you have this other side of someone just saying, well, this pig makes me feel good. And the doctor signed a note. And I know last year we went looking and we've got calls out to the Human Rights Commission this morning. They saw a rise in complaints from people who said they were being turned away from shops in Manitoba as a result of, you know, the store saying you can't bring that pet in here and them saying, well, I've got a doctor's note. So there's no regulations there for the training of the animal. But then also, to Kristen's point, our understanding as of a Global News article last year is that doctors, Manitoba, or the College of Physicians, the, the, the doctors also have minimal training in terms of writing these notes. And so there's all these gray areas. And, and so I, I personally, if I got on a plane and someone had a dog, I'm not questioning that but it, i might if it goes down the road of like they mentioned the miniature horse <laughs> I, I i don't know if that's an exaggeration but if a miniature horse is getting on my plane i just come on there's a difference between your animal and your pet being your best buddy and someone that makes you extremely happy and actually being an emotional support animal and i i see how we got here without regulation businesses were trying to be accommodating there was trying to be kind, they're trying to be sensitive to what's going on, but then it comes to a line where people are abusing the system and everything under the sun is an option. This is not Noah's Ark. This is Air Canada. This is WestJet. We have to be concerned for the safety of of your fellow passengers. And let's just even just in the context of this coronavirus, we know that comes from animals. You can't just have any and every animal crossing international boundaries and flying at 30,000 feet and going from China to Canada in seven, eight, nine, 10, 11 hours. You just can't do it. The yeah. problem is the code in Canada and in the Manitoba Human Rights Code is animal. So 
That's a pretty broad term. How'd you like to sit beside someone on a plane who's got a tarantula on their head? Oh, this is my emotional I, support, tarantula. Forget it. I'm out. I am out. Talk about an easy way to get an entire row to yourself. At Body Measure, the ultimate body measure experience. You've had, for the last two weeks, a chance to enter at cjob.com to win this great prize, which gives you a fit 3D scan, resting metabolic testing, and a DEXA body scan. This is valued at around 250 bucks. The three of us got to do it, and it was super cool. And now it's time to give this away. I was able to get our winner on the phone just a couple of moments ago. Good morning. Is this Donna? Yeah. Hello, Donna. My name is Brett. (gasps) No way! The body measure? You know exactly what I'm calling for. Oh, my God. I wanted this so bad. Donna Devins, congratulations. You have won (laughs) the ultimate body measure experience. Oh, thanks. I wanted this for a couple of years since they opened, but I never bought it. Really? Excellent. What, is, yes? what are the goals that uh, you're hoping to achieve by going to Body Measure? Oh, I want to lose some weight and I want to see how to properly do it without going on some crazy diet. <laughs> and have you seen what the, the stuff that they do? Yeah, I've kind of followed them. I actually listened to them on CJOB when I was on holidays in Denver last December when they were before Christmas. And I've contacted them a couple times. So somewhat. I don't totally understand it, but yeah, well, awesome. It, it's super neat, Donna. Uh, me, Mackling, and McNabb, we all had the chance to to go to Body Measure, and Erica and Melina took such good care of us, and it's just such a it, it's it's just a cool experience for one, but two, the stuff that you learn about your body uh, will give you the roadmap that you need to achieve your goals here. So, congratulations, Donna. You're going to have a great time at Body Measure. Great. Thank you so much. Donna Devins, congratulations. And of note, Donna, and this is a wonderful tie-in because today's the HSC Foundation Radiothon. She is a retired nurse of 35 years at HSC. Come on. But she's still there on casual. That's unbelievable. So, Donna, thank you so much for the service that you've provided at HSC. And congratulations once again for winning the Ultimate Body Measure experience. You can, If you want to learn more about it, go to the 680 CJOB Instagram There's a video posted there. Just scroll down a bit and you'll find it. And their website, bodymeasure.ca. You may have seen these last weekend. Friday night, the Winnipeg Jets in warm-up wore these incredible jerseys honoring Indigenous culture. They call them the Wasak jersey. And then on Saturday, the Manitoba Moose wore for the entire game the Follow Your Dreams jersey. And both these incredible pieces of art worn by our local hockey teams uh, were designed by one individual. And she joins us now. Letitia Spence joins us. Good morning, Letitia. Hi, good morning. How are you doing today? 
Uh, pretty good, you? I'm doing fantastic. Uh, congratulations on having your designs chosen for these jerseys. They are absolutely spectacular. And I'm just on the uh, NHL.com auctions website, and they are yes. generating a ton of interest. People want these jerseys. And obviously, if you haven't seen them, you'll have to seek them out. But just tell us uh, the inspiration, uh, first of all, for the Manitoba Moose jersey, which they wore for the entire game, the follow your dreams jersey yeah for sure um for the follow your dreams jersey it was largely based on like ojibwe and creek culture so you have um you know it it was done in a style that was created by norvo morso um which is based on like a medicine like or sorry (laughs) um it was based on squirrels uh from medicine people from um a long time ago and stuff like that so like it's, it's it's a very spiritual sort of like art style um, which I thought was really uh, good for the moose, and, and, and then uh, the, yeah, and then the Winnipeg Jets jersey. You still have you, it's, they're both still true to the logo, but the Winnipeg Jets jersey has the jet, but the circle around it. Does it symbolize something that's gone around the Jets logo? Um, are you referring to like the kind of alternating medicine wheels? Yes. Okay, so those are medicine yeah. wheels. Okay. Yeah. Uh, something that makes them stand apart, though, is that they're done in the Cree coloring as opposed to what you traditionally see out there with the black, white, red, and yellow. Mm-hmm. So you have a navy instead. So when you see yeah. these jerseys on the ice being worn by players, but more importantly, watched and seen by tens of thousands, of, if not on some game nights, you know, over a million people, what do you, what goes through your head when you see that design getting that kind of outreach? Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, I'm very overwhelmed with gratitude by the overall positive reception it's received and I you know (laughs) it's incredible to see like my work on that kind of scale Um, I'm not used to it actually (laughs) so yeah it's it's pretty it's pretty cool and amazing Um, and I'm just overall really happy yeah, it even caught the attention of uh, NBC, the NHL on NBC retweeted pictures of the Jets and their jerseys and, and essentially wow was the word that was being used. So I have a question. Did you get one of each of these jerseys for yourself? Actually, no. <laughs> um, so I know that I think there's, they might, I don't know, like I'm not too sure how that's going to work out, but right now I know that they're auctioning off the pieces and stuff like that. They are. Kind of generate money for um, WASAC programming and stuff like that um, for the youth. So that's, that's really awesome. <laughs> um, in terms of getting it myself, like I guess I'll just have to wait with everybody else. <laughs> Can you tell us a bit, Leticia, about WASAC and, and what it stands for and what it, the money will go towards in terms of uh, helping some of our youth in Winnipeg? Yeah, for sure. So uh, WASAC is uh, the Winnipeg Aboriginal Sports Achievement Centre, um, and they just help create uh, programming for youth within the area. Um, and it starts, like, or they do, like, uh, summer programming, so summer youth camps and stuff like that. Um, but they also go to, like, different kind of uh, reservations throughout uh, Manitoba and kind of help engage them with some some stuff and stuff like that. Like, for example, the WASAC night, uh, they brought a bunch of people out to kind of watch the games and that was pretty great. Um, and they also help create programming for like, uh, I guess like older youth to kind of partake in uh, UCO. So they take them to different uh, companies to do tours and stuff like that. I've actually been on a couple myself and it's pretty, it's pretty awesome. So, yeah. 
I'm just I'm noticing the the Winnipeg Jets jersey is sort of uh, I don't want to use the word cleaner, maybe more streamlined. Whereas the Moose mm-hmm. uh, jersey that you've created here is far more colorful. Were you given yeah. more creative license for the Moose? Um, yes, because like the I know that the branding for or the pre-existing branding for the Jets is a little bit more. It was a little bit more cleaner, so I wanted to reflect that. But with the moose, there was way more, you know, kind of room for me to play around with different kind of colors and different motifs, um, especially with like the florals and stuff like that. And yeah, it was just very, it was very fun for me to for do, me to do. So. So the Mark Shifley jersey is currently uh, at seven hundred twenty dollars. This auction on NHL auctions uh, closes February 2nd. Patrick Liney's jersey at 520. Blake Wheeler at 560. Kyle Connors at 560. So this is going to go on to generate a tremendous amount of money when all is said and done. What an extraordinary effort on your part and what a a great partnership between you, the Jets and the Moose, True North. Uh, What did you think of the pregame ceremony really quickly before we let you go, Letitia? I thought it was absolutely lovely and you know I'm I'm just really happy that you know there's more I guess like opportunities for the youth such as the the Ojibwe choir like they they I thought they were so awesome so yeah like I was just really happy to kind of see them um doing the anthem and yeah <laughs> Well, it was nice to get you on a week later so that everything had, had settled in for you. And I'm glad to hear you still excited about this. And uh, let's keep in touch, okay? Incredible work. Thank you so much. Letitia Spence joining us live on 680 CJOB. If you want to see the jerseys, if you haven't seen them yet, go to 680 CJOB's Instagram. What makes a city a big city? Transit beyond buses. Freeways. A thriving downtown or indoor water park. <laughs> had to stir the pot, That's yeah, right. McGarry? Yeah, yeah, we had to, decided to be a little cheeky with that one. But, Loren, <laughs> we got a great text message on the subject of getting from the airport to downtown. Well, right. We're talking about our city, the state of the city addressed by the mayor today. It always comes with the idea that we're a big city now. That gets sad, right? What does a big city mean? That prompted the question of the day. And we were talking about, well, when you land in Winnipeg, if you're coming from the outside, do you feel that big cityness when it comes to finding a way downtown or wherever you're going for the meeting or event or family that brought? you to Winnipeg, and that prompted Matt to text, frequent traveler for work, usually once a week, always know which route I'm taking from the airport to downtown, usually a sedan in Toronto, the train in Vancouver, etc. Never really thought about it the opposite way, like what would I do if I traveled to Winnipeg, until I decided to fly my sales team to Winnipeg last month for the first time. I booked the reservations, made the hotel reservations, but didn't consider airport transport because it's so easy wherever else I go. First guy that arrives in Winnipeg texts me, where's the Uber pickup spot? Uh Uh-oh. Second one was lost trying to find a bus. Mm. Matt writes that he chuckled a bit because the airport is technically easy to navigate, but says, when you stop and think about it for an outsider, it's really not. There's usually a few cabs sitting there, and that's it. Definitely not big city. Hey, thanks for listening to The Start Podcast. We are available on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe now and never miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, rate the show, tell us what you think. 
And hey, even tell a friend about the podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Greg is at GMACWPG. That's G-M-A-C-K-W-P-G. I am at Brett McGarry, B-R-E-T-T-M-E-G-A-R-R-Y. And Loren on Twitter is at McNab on Global and on Instagram at McNab on CJOB. Talk soon.